0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, let's do it. Welcome to the On My Block Packers Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Wall. This is a preview edition. We're going up Packers Lines Thursday night. You can find me Mike Wall68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. If you're enjoying the show, ladies and gentlemen, please hit the like button, subscribe, rate, and review on our YouTube channel, process to perform You can take our podcast from an audio file and anywhere you get your podcast on the Believe Network. And of course, our show is sponsored by BetOnline AG. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, esports, football, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get into the action. Remember, use your promo code Believe—that's B-L-E-A-V—to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. online where the game starts this is going to be a fun game so both teams two and one the the, the lions are coming in favored by a point and a half and we're at home we're talking about green bay's at home so the lions are considered the better team usually give the points to if it's a, if it's a draw the the home team is going to be favored by a point point and a half so lions considered the better team certainly it's going to be going in that way they're talking about winning the NFC north this is the first time i think that i can remember it i think it's decades since the lions have been favored against the packers team um, especially in Ed Lambeau Field, twelve sixty-five Lombardi. That just doesn't like. I'm just trying to think. In 1998, Barry Sanders. I just don't remember a time where they were ever there's a there's a there's a spell of time in the, in the late 2000s, early 2010s where I wasn't watching Packers football as much, and maybe they were favored then. But I, I I can't call it Matthew Stafford and Calvin Johnson time. Maybe I I don't know. Let's do some injury news real quick. So Aaron Jones, uh, Watson, they both practiced today. Questionable Aaron Jones, uh Jay alexander and Christian Watson all questionable for this game. We expect to see Christian Watson. Jenkins and Bakhtiari are both out. They're both listed as out. On the Lions side, they've got some significant injury issues that we'll show on tape a little bit. But David Montgomery and their left tackle, uh Taylor Decker, is uh listed as questionable. So if those guys come back, like it's it's actually a, a light switch, whole different uh ball of ER yarn. For their team because that Lions offensive line really is a strength for them. And you can see how bad they were missing, not only Taylor Decker, but they have some other injuries across that line. We'll talk about it in a minute. So if you watch the last couple of games for the Detroit Lions, they're a very, very good two and one team who just convincingly beat the Falcons team that beat us and kind of beat us. I don't want to say handedly, but it was a it was a physical battle that we lost. Um If you watch the style of play on the defensive side of the football where they've invested heavily, the Detroit Lions now, because they were not good. They're not a great defense, but if you watch the style of play that Aaron Glenn's got them playing, the way they fly around, the physicality that they approach that Falcons game with. And listen, when you watch the Falcons game, we're going to show some of it. It's tough because Desmond Ritter is not Jordan. I don't think he's Jordan Love the offense that they run is, is rudimentary compared to the offense that, that we run. They're relying on Bijan Robinson. They're relying on, on Drake London to go out and make plays. They're relying on Kyle Pitts, who got involved in the game a little bit, and should be excited for our tight ends. But when you watch what they did on defense, and you just watch from a competency standpoint, this is what this team does well. This is how we're going to stop it. And then you watch what we did against the same team a week before. I know hindsight's 20-20, but you've got to be shaking your head a little bit going – Aaron Glenn versus Joe Barry, what the style was, man, it was frustrating to see because they held the Falcons under 50 yards rushing. They held them. I think they beat them like 20 to six. I mean, it was a convincing win. And the way that they, the way they went about their business, the way they won their individual individual matchups on the scrimmage, the way that they, they shot linebackers, the way that they just put a premium on stopping the run, put base defense in run eight in the box. If they had to, Play single safety high. Trust their trust their defensive backs. Get to the quarterback. Get rid of off office spot. I mean, all these things, they just did such – they did the job that I think when we did our preview show with the Packers-Falcons game, we talked about that maybe this is what would work for us. So the other big news, I think, with Detroit is we talked about post-draft. I thought they had – I mean, for me, just coming in having an impact on the team, they had – maybe the best draft in in, in the national football league. Um, we're going to we're going to show a, a number of these guys But you think about their they have, they have their first and second round picks. So, you know, first off they have uh the kid Jack Campbell out, the Iowa linebacker who was I think two-time a Buckets Award winner. He's unbelievable. Like super super talented. Then they get Sam uh oh excuse me. Then I forgot Jamar Gibbs. They get Jamar uh Jamar Gibbs first round. Then they get Sam LaPorta the tight end of Iowa, who I love Luke Musgrave. Sam Laporta, for me, was probably – those guys are 1 and 1A one for what I'm looking for because I, Iowa guys, they put out good tight ends. out Dallas Clark, George Kittle. Uh, and then they got one of the guys that we thought was the biggest deal of the draft, Brian Branch from Alabama, the safety. He kind of played every he's the star defender for for the uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide. And his stock dropped because of a forty time. It was just a, like everybody said the safeties aren't worth as much. Dude, this kid is absolutely balling. I'm gonna put on the tape right now. There's a there's a bunch of stuff. There's some fun stuff to watch when we talk about the Detroit Lions. We're gonna start on their defense. Number one thing here, the Detroit Lions, and this is a lot of this is game plan for the Atlanta Falcons, but they were just supremely interested in stopping the run. Over the last couple weeks, they're not allowing hundred yard rushers last week they allowed i think the falcons less than 50 yards rushing okay and they got B. John robertson as you remember tore us apart they rushed for 211 yards now there's always a return to the mean when you kind of play the team after the, the you they they rushed for 200 yards but to held them to hold them like they did um is is amazing quite frankly but if you watch what they're doing they're committing people to the box they're just saying I, we're going to we're going to make desmond Ritter beat us okay so what are the opportunities? They have all these people at the box. The under the, the play action pass from the pistol or from under center is there. The middle of the field is open. They run that single safety deep. They play outside leverage on their corners. So there's opportunities here to make plays, right? If you just look across the board, Ritter just makes the wrong reads a lot. Sideline's open here at the 34-yard line, right? Just doesn't throw the ball. There's opportunities here, but this is what they did. Now you just watch this play and you think of like if Christian Watson's healthy. Now this is Kyle Pitts running the same route. But Christian Watson, Luke Musgrave is tied in, and then hip hops so are running a near formation off the the Falcons' right side here. They're playing single safety high. They go under. They go excuse me. Pistol play action with a fullback in the game. They pull the guard. You know the same kind of looks we're talking about. You look Kyle Pitts as inside leverage. Now they brand. You picture. Musgrave is the tight end who they run the underneath route on, not a dig route, just an under, underneath crosser. And now they take – we take Watson, they take Pitts, and they run him on the, the deep corner, of the deep post. And basically that backside corner that you see down on the 26-yard line at the bottom of the screen, that's the guy that has to make the play here. Otherwise, you're running to daylight. So Ritter doesn't connect, but you just see – If you're going to commit like that, if they want to commit, Aaron Jones is in the game. They want to make sure that A.J. Dillon doesn't get going. If they want to commit to the run, these are the opportunities that are there against the Detroit Lions. We got two, uh, sorry, three by two. They're going to run, they're going to run uh, a, a shell defense and they're going to drive on the in routes on the bigs. Great. Their middle linebacker gets caught up driving on the uh, on the down guy. Plenty of space for Pitts. Pitts had receptions in this game for really the first week of, of this season that he's had multiple receptions in a game. So you look at our tight ends; you're excited about that. The one thing that these guys do, I thought they did a pretty decent job at times during the game of disguising their coverages. And right now they just drive on this go route. They drive the You see that Ritter is waiting for the slot to to cloud out to the or to buzz out to the flat. And as soon as he does, safety breaks on this route. You see the receivers turning his head. This should be a pick six. Got to be careful of this stuff because when you run that much too and you're trying to disguise your coverages, young quarterbacks are trying to take advantage. I'm sure they think that Love is better than Ritter at this point, but these are the things you look at from a Packers perspective and go, there's going to be opportunities. A lot of times they're going to rotate. A lot of times they're going to show. Okay, but we got to be really smart and have good eye discipline. Almost had a big one there. Now, Anzalani, um, Derek Barnes, Jack Campbell. They'll put all guys in, uh, they'll put all guys in at the same time. Obviously, they have Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, they have uh, one of my favorite kind of first round picks. He hasn't quite m- just done it, but he's a he's a really, really hardworking kid, great kid. Charles, uh Charles Harris out of Missouri, had him down in Miami. They've got some dudes that'll just play hard. And there's just something to be said. Romeo Quara, these guys will just play. John Kaminsky, these guys will just play hard. I really like what Aleem McNeil is doing for their defensive tackles. Okay, they're, that's a matchup that we're going to be looking at. But these guys against the Falcons, they're going to attack the line of stream with the Anzalotti. And then they, of course, uh, they brought down their their uh, safety. Uh, Fitu Melifanu. Melifanu? Melifanu. Apologize if I got your your name mispronounced, but you brought it here. Respect. They're coming downhill, running the weak side zone, and just crashing down. Chris Lindstrom, by the way, does a good job of getting two here on the cut, okay? But there are opportunities there because they are filling gaps. If you get the backside cut, you make that happen. Now, this kid played at an extremely high level this game. This is perfect technique against a good right guard. Absolutely, absolutely reset the line of scrimmage, took his edge, made the play in the backfield, Tackle for loss. Obviously, safety comes in and picks it up. He did a phenomenal job. John Running Jr., whoever, if it's um, Royce playing left guard, Myers, this dude is playing big-time ball right now. Third-round pick, I think, in 2021. Is that right? Yep. Big-time ball. He played really well. Benito Jones playing well as, uh, 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 from Miami. These guys are playing at a high level. Now, one thing that is a little bit different, whether they're just playing single gap and penetrating or whether they're going to play the backside player on the double team, unlike last week where we saw the Saints would actually attack the play side, the play side kind of tip of the spear on the double team, these guys will either play into the backside player or they'll try to shoot the gap. That gives you the opportunity as the play side part of that double team to get up to that linebacker okay, and make plays The downside of it is what they're hoping is they're hoping that the first guy, the the right guard or the left guard in this case is they're going to go to the Atlanta's right or Atlanta's left or right. They're hoping that you leave that player early and he continues to have leverage on this case, the right tackle or the center. We'll see it here. They want to keep that leverage. It's just a different way to play. So we have to be patient on our double teams we have to be able to secure those double teams. The center does a good job in particular here. Left tackle runs underneath. Or excuse me, right tackle runs underneath. But there's, there's opportunities there when you play attacking defenses to get cut off, to get cut blocks, and then to get up to the second level. It's just a key for the center, for the guard, whoever's on the backside, or the tackle to really take a good first step, something that we've talked about with Zach Tom, who's doing an excellent job of it right now, Your footwork matters against players you try to penetrate. Split flow read. We saw this kid uh, a couple years ago on hard knocks, Malcolm Rodriguez. He's a thumper. And right here, this is one of those deals. They've got five up in the line of scrimmage. Ancelotti's up. They got Brian Branch, 32, kind of hipped off because of the tight end. They've got uh, seven blockers. They got seven in the box, plus a hipped off player. We got a split flow look and Malcolm Rodriguez goes the wrong direction. Problem here is the center has a bad block, but this is out the gate. This is absolutely out the gate if that center just covers up his guy and doesn't turn his ass into the hole because Malcolm Rodriguez makes the wrong read. I'm not saying it's going to happen every time, but what this shows you is discipline, motion. You saw pre-snap motion, and then you see a a split-flow player going on on the backside split-flow, meaning the tight end's hipped off the right tackle, goes backside to the other side of the left tackle, and, and blocks the defensive end. When you see this stuff and you see the linebackers miss take the wrong read, it gives you pause and makes you think we need to incorporate motion then into split flow in our run game. This should have been a much bigger play than it was. Take this off. There we go. We got the play action. These guys got after the quarterback a little bit and you'll just see... It's a question of, you know, we this is a lot of the stuff. is kind of the stuff we saw last against the Falcons ago. Man, I hope we exploit this maybe better than we did. Swim underneath. Splits Lindstrom in the center. Nice play from a guy that you're not expecting plays from. Talking about Benito Jones, you're not expecting pass rush from. Just a simple four-man. Has nowhere to go right now. You know, and this is the thing with Jordan Love, if you don't hit the checkdowns now, okay, Aiden Hutchinson is a dog. He only, I think he has two or three sacks this year, but he's in the face of the quarterback. Anybody who watched that Chiefs game week one, he is in your business all the time. That dude is legit. It's going to be a great matchup versus him and Zach Tom. If they bring him down over John Rennie Jr., they put him on the left guard a lot. In this game, they're going to find him a place to have success. It might be against Royce Newman. It might be against it might be against Zach, it might be against J.R.J. But they're going to find a place, especially in nickel, especially in third down. They want him to have a matchup. So we'll see where that is. If you don't hit your checkdowns, because they're sitting, they're not even sitting at six. They're just, they're just sitting at eight, and and just picking up. If you don't hit your checkdowns, bad things happen in this game. Look at here. He's over the left guard. Easy beat inside, causes the pressure. Ritter's not great at escaping, so he should escape to his left or right. Should have stepped up in the pocket. He didn't. Gary gets walked, but Gary gets walked back. Barnes ends up getting the sack as the middle linebacker coming off the edge. Now, the last thing I want to show is we talk about these rookies, man. This kid, Brian Branch, as we talked about when we did our draft piece, this kid is legit. He's their enforcer. Now, some other guys might think they're the enforcer, but this guy's got receipts now. Okay, this guy brings it every play. He's not perfect. He's going to make mistakes, but he's physical. He reminds me of Mike Fitzpatrick when he came out of uh, Alabama as far as his mentality and the way he's approaching this game. Physical player, fights through the block, very instinctive player, seems to do everything easy, seems to move with ease. We look back, he drops at the 2018. Now look, this is I hey, this is a foul. But <laughs> That's their best player. Knocked his helmet off. Absolute stick shot. Sometimes you need guys like this on your football team. I don't think it's a dirty hit. I think it's part of the game. I know it's illegal now. I know it's a penalty. It is what it is. I applaud it. And you and as you can see, even though they cost him 15 yards, these dudes aren't mad. We're flexing. We're getting in his business. Like these dudes love it. They love it. Here's the downside, right? You're still a rookie. You get caught up in the play action. You're chasing. You're spinning. Now all of a sudden, you lead with your your helmet. You don't wrap. Tyler Algier, big dude, gives up some action. Okay, so these guys have what it takes on the defensive side to be successful. Their numbers are good. They're holding opponents under four yards of carry. They're holding teams under a hundred yards a game rushing. So that is going to be a real challenge for us, given left side looks like it's still going to be out, given their priority is going to be stopping the run and forcing Jordan Love into obvious dropback situations, taking away the under center play-action pass, taking away the pistol play-action pass, getting into second and long, getting into third and long, forcing him to be that guy, right? And we don't know if Watson's going to be an eight-play player, Questionable is he going to be a thirty-play guy. How many times can he run deep? How many times can we you know, can we afford to, to to test that hamstring? Those are the questions that they're going to have to answer during this game. Now we got a rookie target in Sam Laporta. This guy got targeted. I want to say eight times this last game. Yeah, eight for eighty-four and a touchdown. Okay, including a, a big play that will show. He's the second on the team right now with eighteen total receptions. They can keep him in the game for an inline blocker. They can use him in motion. He's just – he has a knack for getting open. He's a very, very athletic individual. He has really good technique and hip drive. He's only going to get better. I can't – he's on the Lions. I can't speak highly enough about this guy, about Brian – about all – those first four rookies, man, are really, really good players. They're going to make a difference on this team. They already are. This play should look familiar to Green Bay Packer fans who, play, who watched the, uh, the game last season, the last game of the season where they knocked us out of the playoff contention. I'm sure it looks familiar to the Packers, but you see Laporta go here. He goes corner post, away from the grain, beats everybody, easy walk-in touchdown. Exact same play from last year. They just pulled it out, gave, dressed it up a little bit differently, but because they have one of those tight ends like we have with Musgrave, who can just dart. He can run like a receiver, right? They're gonna use that guy because that's the most advantageous position in football right now, in my opinion, is that difference maker at the tight end position where the team doesn't exactly know how to play him. Now, they're shuffling their offensive line. Tyler, uh, Taylor Decker was out, first-round draft pick for them, so they moved Panay Sewell over, who's a first-round draft pick, highly touted guy now from Oregon, moved him over to left tackle. They had to bring in multiple guys to fill in over at the, the right guard and right tackle spot, so Vitae – Hala Pulavati is out. They brought in Graham Glasgow. He is not the same kind of player, but he's a seven-year pro. Then they had to bring in Matt Nelson, and Matt Nelson gets hurt. I think, unfortunately, I showed the play, but Matt Nelson gets hurt in this in this game. So now they bring in a fifth-round pick rookie, Kobe Sores. I don't know what they're going to do for this game. The sh- I got to imagine they're hoping that Taylor Decker's back, right? It's a short week, though. But this is a real problem for them because – this is the best part of their offense. They're good everywhere. They got great skill position players. But this is the best part of their offense. Frank Ragnow and company, Jonah Jackson, Penisul. Those guys are the, one of the best offensive lines in the business. Okay, but their rushing is not where it should be right now simply because they don't have their guys. And Hank Fraley's doing a great job. They've only given up three sacks. I think Jared Goff's done a great job of getting rid of the football. It's just not quite the same right now because they're not getting the movement that they're used to. See Gibbs in the backfield here. Just gets swallowed up. We miss on the on the tackle tight end. A lot of that stuff has to do with footwork. It has to do with timing, just being familiar with the position and people you're playing around. Go backside here. And when you look at some of this stuff, this is because uh, their starter, David Montgomery, is out. They had to bring in Craig Reynolds from San Francisco. Craig misses this hole. This isn't out the gate. The linebackers are going to close in on I mean, him. It's probably a ten yard gain though, right? But you miss the hole. And these are the opportunities where sometimes when you're watching these games, it's not just about the outcome. It's never really about the outcome. It's like well, what did we miss? What's the process? Are we doing things the right way? This team is very, very well coached up front. They create they create some holes, not as many as they will when, they, when they're fully healthy, but we can say the same thing about the Green Bay Packers. But they've got guys, especially with this Jabbar kid, Gibbs, uh, Gibbs kid, and if David Montgomery's healthy, we know what he was because the Chicago Bears dropped a lot of yards per carry on us because of that dude and Justin Fields. So we know they have talent there at the running back position. Sometimes they just miss the openings. It's where uh, Nelson gets hurt, unfortunately. They have what I think is an elite skill group, and I'm talking about all of the skill position players. We're talking about uh, Josh Reynolds, I'm gonna Ross St. Brown, and then Khalif Raymond was a real player in this game. They're gonna, uh, you know, I think Marvin Jones is is listed as the starter. Khalif Raymond is a burner. He played in this game. He got a ton of a ton of looks, and then I can't say enough about Sam Laporte and the job that he's doing. But we see Raymond here, open in the middle, super easy target. Ben Johnson does a good job of just making things real simple for this for this quarterback, offensive line, and receiver group. They just got a two-by-two. Two. They turn it into a three-by-two with the wheel route. And, I mean, Jared Goff is – is if he's got his feet set, he is an elite ball thrower. That's Jesse Bates uh, that we saw in Atlanta, the guy that had two picks the game before everyone's got their eyes on him he's sneaky in the way he reads he reads coverage or reads route schemes okay he breaks on this early and jerry goff saves this ball and probably this player by throwing it back shoulder and bringing him down this is a this is a, like a masterful throw by goff you see bates here number 3 he comes from across the the field breaks on this ball and this could be a lights out play right here but goff throws him open Throws him away from harm. Elite ball thrower. Now we've got speed to vertical. Bottom of the screen. Almost droops the guy out of his shoes. These guys can play. I don't know why more teams don't go speed to vertical. By the way. I know this sounds like a new thing. But doing across the field, just full speed running. We saw it. It's become like even more in vogue now because of Miami. But you just think, I know teams have done this before, but it's like, it almost feels like if you've got a burner or a guy that needs to get going a little bit, why in God's name wouldn't you be running somebody in motion every single play as fast as they can go and just burn up field and press leverage cuz none of these DBs are ready for it. So we got the old rub route on the top, Patriot made famous by the Patriots, right? So that Patriot rub route, they're going to outside guy's going to quote unquote run the the, the quick slant he can only touch him within a yard. He touches him with more. I believe they get a penalty here, but Ben will bring out anything that it takes to get these guys wide open. Expect to see something like this. We we play press up, fortunately or unfortunately, we don't play too much press man. Now the question is really when you're looking at the at the Lions, can you move Jared Goff? They have a great offensive line. I know some of them are banged up. But if you can get to Jared Goff from a, and make him feel pressure coming in from the side or coming in from the right side, from, from the right side of his, his throwing arm, he loses accuracy. He's not good on the run, especially to his left. He's just not that kind of core bat. He's a, he's a traditional stand in the pocket, plant your feet, let her rip. He's got a great arm. But if you can get him to move a little bit, which I think Penesul gets walked back by Bud Dupree here, right? Doesn't get rid of the ball, rolls out, ends up ends up taking this one. Now you see Grady Jarrett beats Frank Ragnall here. I think he actually beats both of these guys. kind of a weird deal here. Grady's special. But when you heat him up a little bit, he's still a good player. But now we've come to my favorite part of the game, favorite part of the show, find the fish. And today, I'm sorry to say, because he doesn't deserve this, but the kid who came in for, for Matt Nelson when he got hurt, Colby Sorzdal, if you're playing this week against Rashawn Gary, ladies and gentlemen, we have found the fish. This guy cannot. I couldn't do it. I'm not talking bad about him, but the fifth round pick in the 2023 draft, I don't know where he's from, is not prepared for what is about to happen if he's got to play Rashawn Gary in this offense with the way they move, with the way they move people around, he is going to get absolutely that right there, he's going to get absolutely hammered. That right there is a eyes wide open. Maybe too wide open. Look. You're standing almost straight up and down. I can see both gloves. So, in other words, you're just saying, love me. Hit me right in the chest as hard as you can and never let me go. Right? I mean, this guy is gonna get absolutely just manhandled. He's got handlebars on his chest right now. He's giving it up. He's given up the bull. He's too high. I mean, if you're Rashawn Gary watching this tape, you're going, man, I'm going to go three steps and just jack this guy right in the jaw. I mean, that is a problem. Bud Dupree is kind of sneaky with some of this long arm stuff. He has longer leverage. Uh, he's longer limbs and leverage than you think. He's nowhere near the rusher that even like in Eddie Nabari from a speed to power move, it could be a real problem if this guy has to play. It could be a real problem for Goff. You see the two inside guys here creating a little bit of havoc. And you're just getting, trying to get around him. Because now when he's heated up, bad things happen. We get hands on this ball, they end up getting a high tip. This could have been a pick. It ends up being a reception. But again, we don't look at the outcome. It's like, how do we heat this guy up and make him throw high? You throw high, bad things happen. Pressure equals picks. These interior guys, without the tie, without Taylor Decker playing to move Panay Sul over back over to right tackle, it's different, okay? Now the last thing we want to show is Jamar Gibbs, we had a real problem with Bijan John Robinson and company. These guys aren't the same philosophy. Ben Johnson wants to throw the ball more than he wants to run it. He's better at the passing game and at the running game. Okay? They're hurting with some guys. They, they still have all, all the talent at the receiver position and the tight end position. They don't have the talent at the offensive line position right now. That isn't necessarily their strength because of the injuries. This kid, Jamar Gibbs... I don't know if he's B. John Robinson because B. John Robinson's already done some ridiculous stuff, but you watch him make the first guy I miss here, and you go, oh, problems. We got issues. We go motion. And right, bye-bye. I mean, he's just, this, just another one of those guys. You get him in space, you got a real problem. He's just got that quick twitch. They get the double. Frank Ragnar is going to come off late on 55 here. Lines don't even block this right. But right here, once you get that look, I mean, he's got 10 yards of space between the two of them. He can go literally wherever he wants to go. You got no chance. And so we just don't want to get in this situation. And how do we stay out of it? Well, the first is, do we determine whether or not we're going to commit to the run? Do you want to commit to the run? do you want to bring that guy up if they're running a weak side zone a lot are we going to bring the free safety up and make him and make him just hang a hanger an overhanger right outside the box are we going to make them include include the free safety in the count like what is what is the answer for that problem because that could be a problem with with especially if David Montgomery comes back you got a real issue So I think that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, I have a couple matchups. We talked about it. Offensive line's hurting. I think our defensive line versus their offensive line is going to be a a big matchup, particularly if Taylor Decker does come back. I think Panay Sewell versus Rashawn Gary, if they're they're both – if he's playing left defensive end or outside linebacker versus right tackle, I think that's going to be a matchup everybody wants to see. That's going to be box office. Panay Sewell – um, didn't come into the league as polished as, let's say, Rashawn Slater, but certainly athletic. Uh, his demeanor has grown. He's become more confident. He's Im- vastly improved in his in his pass blocking ability. So I think that'll be a fun matchup to watch. If they do not have that guy, they have that fish in there. It is going to be a big problem. So fingers crossed. That Taylor Decker can't play. They got to play. They got to play Panay over there on the left side, and they got to put in Colby at the, at the right. Um, one way or another, still missing their right guard. That's a problem. I think Kenny Clark has a uh, has a day in there. Frank Ragnall is one of the best centers in, in the game. So in the middle, T.J. Slayton, all those guys. Uh, 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 Why? How do we? How do we? How do we stop what inevitably is going to be a lot of nickel run stuff? They like to run gap. They like to they like to pull as a proxy for play action and also just part of the running game. They do a lot of things really well. Good offensive lines can do everything. This is one of those lines. You want to run inside zone, outside zone? No problem. You want a man block? No problem. You want a toss crack? No problem. You want to run gap? No problem. They can do it all. They just can't do it necessarily as well without some of their horses. That'll be a great matchup. We'll flip it. In the run game in particular, that Alan McNeil, 54 for the the Lions, really showed out on this tape against good competition, particularly I'm talking about Chris Lindstrom, John Runyon Jr., Josh Myers, Royce Newman. How do we play against McNeil? How do we play against Benito Jones, who looked good in that game? When we bring in Aiden Hutchinson and Nickel, whether he plays over the right guard or the left guard, how do we hold up? How do we make sure that that guy has help? Does he need help? I think he might. I think that's a, that's a, if I'm those guys, I'm putting Charles Harris and I'm putting Aiden Hutchinson on the same side. I'm going to mix them around. I'm going to bring down the the middle linebacker 55 out on the right. And I'm probably just going to leave in uh, Kaminsky and take everybody else out and just have four dudes rushing. Maybe I bring some pressure off the edge. Maybe I, I, I dial up some safeties based on Aaron, or excuse me, based on AJ Dillon's issues with pass protection rules last week. How does that all look? So I guess when I say the interior of the line, we're talking about the physical battle, but we're also talking about being able to pick up everything, making the right calls, etc. if they're trying to heat us up by bringing some different looks. And then maybe the matchup that everybody's talking about this week, at least everybody in this room, Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Detroit Lions, a friend of mine, a guy that I have a ton of respect for, versus Joe Barry. In particular, the Lions' skill position players and how Ben gets them in good looks, whether it's that rub, whether it's overloading whether it's running the corner post instead of the post corner whether it's under center play action pistol play action whether it's drop back whether it's the screen game they have so many ways tunnel screens to utilize their players how does Joe Barry manage this secondary in order to you know we didn't even talk about Amaros Saint Brown who's one of in my opinion if he's not in the elite conversation from a wide receiver perspective he's right he's right there 21 catches, 275 yards, one touchdown for the year. Josh Reynolds has two D, two DDs. Khalif Reynolds has a touchdown. They're all big play guys. They're all like they all have catches over 35 yards. They're all big play guys. So how do we match up in the secondary? Because Goff's going to get rid of the ball. He only he doesn't, he's one sack a game. He doesn't take a lot of sacks, and they do a lot more. It's not like the Packers offense where Jordan Loves an escape, you know, this capability is there. It's not there for him. They do a lot of under center play action. They do a lot of pistol play action, but they'll pull people. And so they, they get a lot of advantage from the way they can pull their guards and, and use that split flow action when they're running play action, even if it's, under, even if it's from pistol and not under center. You still have to pressure this guy either from the side or inside out. He feels pressure. Can you pressure him? Because he can hold up strong. He's, a, he's become a very, very good quarterback. But just like anybody else, man, you hit him enough times, the ball starts going high. We saw it last week. I think that's probably the matchup of the day is Ben Johnson versus Joe Barry. Is Ben Johnson just opening the can of, of hey, we're airing this thing all over the board? We're going to throw it 49 times. Or are we going to run a balanced offense and try to win this thing on defense? What does that look like? What is Joe Barry going to try to do? Is he going to what's he going to do with J.L. Alexander coming back off injury from a week? What like what does that matchup look like? Are we going to try to bring Darnell Savage into the box a little bit more like he did week one? Are we? Are we? Have we improved on attacking def, attacking offensive blockers on, uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage from week two? Like where are we right now? The Saints was a good indicator, I think, for what our defense is capable of. But again, you always have to look at the actual talent that's being tackled. Last week, their top two guys, Alam Kamara and Jamal Williams, are out. This week, David Montgomery should be back, and they have Jamar Gibbs. What does that look like for the run game? It'll be very interesting to see. So, I think we have the advantage, uh, offensive our, our defensive line versus their offensive line. Um, like they said, we might they might miss uh, David Montgomery, and then the other advantage I think we have, quite frankly, is if we have Watson and Aaron Jones back, those are our two most explosive players on offense. Like we didn't even have them last last week, and we only scored 18 points. But you don't have your two most explosive players. That does make a difference in addition to David Bakhtiari and Dylan Jenkins, obviously. But you got to feel good about the play action in the mid-level passing game, given the fact that if these guys are going to bring you know seven, eight in the box, and they're going to play single safety. You got to feel good about your backside stuff, right? The backside deep action. You got to feel about the mid-level in cuts. You got to feel good if they're going to run cover two with your mid-level in-cut stuff. Like, you got to feel good about it. What some teams have done. Because like the Atlanta Falcons don't run a very complicated passing game, you look at it and go, yeah, they did pretty well. But it's like they're not using the full field. It's something we talked about Saints versus Falcons a, a, a week ago. It looks different when you use the full field, and that's something that Matt Lafleur and the Packers can do because Jordan Love's got that kind of arm, and I think he's got that moxie to when We talked about it last year after or last week after last week's game, you need to let him take a bigger bite of the apple. He needs a little bit more because he's. I think he's earned it at this point. And then I think the other part that is a, a key to victory for us is we have to have answers for their defensive run, defensive stunt, blitz game, like whatever from a run standpoint the Detroit Lions are trying to do. Are they trying to add people into the box? Are they trying to run? They run some. They'll run some stunts. They'll run some some four week. They'll they'll shoot the blitz the, the linebackers into the gap. Do we have toss crack plays? Do we have pin and pull plays? Do we have gap schemes that can take care of all those issues? Do we have calls in our mid zone, outside zone game that allow us to mark a man back, that allow us to shut the door on the backside slant, so we can open the hole on the backside? Do we have that communication level? Is Josh Myers able to help the rest of the unit communicate that if he sees it? Are they be Are they able to identify it? That's something in this in this year we haven't really seen from that unit yet. And I know I just they just came out with the Packers are rated their offensive lines rated really really high. It's that's another that's according to like another PFF thing. I'm not saying they're doing poorly by any means, but let's be realistic about what we're seeing on the field. Let's just not go based on statistics. Um, both of these teams average, you know, 24, 26 points a game. You know, the Packers obviously had that 38 point output outburst versus Chicago. Um, I think, quite frankly, that their offense is better than our offense from a point point a score a point scoring, uh, standpoint. So where do we produce more offensive output? Now, last last week, our, our special teams give up a touchdown. Can we get field position? Can we even get a touchdown? Can we get points off of special teams? Is it going to be because of the, we we win the turnover battle? We, we've lost the turnover battle for the last two weeks. Are we going to win the turnover battle? How are we going to generate extra points? I think this team needs to generate points off of special teams or a turnover to win this game. I just think the Detroit Lions are going to be able to score just – You could good on good right now. I think their offense puts up more points than we do. So it'll be interesting to see. That's what we got for this week. The good news about these things is when you play on a Thursday night, put something together, show you guys some action. We'll check it out tonight or tomorrow night. And then we'll talk about it Friday. The NFL is great, man. It's nonstop action here. Thursday night football. I can't can't tell you how much fun it is, even as an ex-player. You sit here and you get to watch Thursday night football. Then you go in and all of a sudden, whether it's because of Deion Sanders, college football is like interesting to me, interesting to me now. And I think it's because I want to watch what Deion Sanders' team does. Like I'm going to watch USC Colorado game. Then I'll sit on Sunday and, and watch football as much as I can. I mean, it's just great time to be alive, guys. I'm Mike Wall. You can find me at wall 68 on Twitter, process to perform on Instagram. I, I uh, Sincerely, if you're enjoying the show, if you want to see anything else – like what we're doing. Subscribe, rate, review on our Process to Perform channel on YouTube. Hit us up with questions. I hit listeners' questions. I didn't hit them this week. I'll hit them on Friday. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Go Pat. Go. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.